Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. known to be one of the most fearless journalists in the world. He kicks ass and chews bubblegum at the same time. He is Shepard Ambellis. And you are listening to The Shepard Ambellis Show. And without further ado, here is your host... Shepard and Bellas. Haha, happy Friday, everyone. We got Bethany Adani. We got Aaron Cole. We're about ready to get it right here on the New World Order, dominating them day by day, right here on the Shepard and Bellas show, ATN.live, Ambellas Talk Network. Let people know about it. The show also archives on Apple Podcasts, um, Amazon Music, and Spotify. So you can also find it there after it goes live. At 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, 4 Pacific on ATN.live. So don't forget to support the network. It does not grow on a tree. None of this is easy. And there's going to be a lot of stuff to come. If you go in and you click on the show schedule on the main page, it'll take you to a show page. Click schedule again, full schedule. Boom. Click on like Monday, check it out. I got a lot of the lineup in there. There's going to be more shows added. And that's by the end of tonight, that'll be a 24 hour rotation. There's a lot of different stuff going on, but we're going to even add more shows. So it's going to get awesome. Berserker Survival is going to be doing a show. The Cole Report, there's going to be like a coast to coast type show. We might be getting New York Patriot. Rant was telling me. So we're really excited about all this uh, i might see if marshall masters wants to do a live show uh lots going on ambellus talk network atn.live tell everyone about it and anyone there's a couple levels that you can do right now because we don't have commercials we don't have sponsors and i got to keep stuff going because it's getting expensive so um what we got to do is there are there's different levels to this there's a thousand dollar level. No one, I don't expect anyone to do this. That's doesn't have a lot of money. If you have a lot of extra money, thousand dollar level, I will give you, there are literally 10, exactly 10 copies left of my first film DVD shade, the motion picture, and I will autograph one and I will keep track of all these copies and you'll know, and we'll put on the website who got what. There's literally only 10 left, $1,000 autographed, become a part of history. That's when we went to expose the Bilderberg group. It was crazy. Bethany might want to talk about that. $100 level gets you my latest album, Gangstalker 2.0, and it gets you Shackled to Silence DVD. And the people, I just now thought of this today, so the people that already donated for the network at that level, they will get those mailed out shortly here in the next, like I'll mail them out like this weekend, Monday. All right. So hundred dollar level autograph shackled to silence DVD autograph gang stalker, my new album gang stalker 2.0 also available in stores and on all platforms support all this. So a lot of hard work goes into it. Bethany and Aaron, what's in the news today? Because there's so many different subjects. It's kind of like it's Friday, so we could talk about anything, paranormal, ghost, Bigfoot, um, chupacabra, UFO, and we can also talk what's going on with the New World Order. I don't know if you guys remember, I saw a clip of this today again, and it reminds me, there was a WWF 
because this was back when the WWE was WWF and they had Hulk Hogan and they had the Twin Towers, which was a tag team. And they had the, ooh, the Twin Tower superpower. And they will take them down. The terrorist act will take down the Twin Tower superpower, baby. And they had Randy Macho Man Savage. And they did this whole thing. And it's like they were foreshadowing 9-11. This really happened. WWE. I'll, we'll try to find the clip. Twin Tower superpower. WWE 9-11, maybe. Um, Hulk Hogan, something like that. Um, but yeah, amazing stuff. So stuff happens in the X-Files telecast like the 9-11 in the Lone Gunman episode. And lots of stuff like this is going on. So anyways, let's get into the news. Aaron Cole and Bethany, what, uh, what have you guys been seeing today out there in the headlines that's, you know, grabbing your eye? I just... Uh... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in the news. I just want to uh, also plug real quick, if uh, you don't have money to uh, support us, the best way to support us, on, like if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating and type in some review of how you feel about the show. That'll help us a whole especially bunch. Especially on I'm Apple Podcasts. Little... Especially on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcasts. Go on there, five-star rating. Absolutely. Boom. Listen on Apple Podcasts. Get it. Um, but it's also on other platforms. That's going to help us a bunch on there. I'm going to dive in and try to find this clip that you're talking about with the the Twin Towers and Hulk Hogan and shit. I'm really fascinated by that. Yeah, dude, that but, shit uh, is Real quick, crazy. I saw in the news today, Steve Bannon, he got uh, he got some charges. He got some convicted on some charges of uh, contempt of court with this J6 stuff. Of course, we have Biden with the COVID. He's supposedly getting better, so thank God for that because I don't want Kamala Harris running around this joint being the commander-in-chief that would be absolutely terrible camel toe hairless and that's about camel toe yeah i don't want to see this lady running around here parading as uh the, the next uh big mike or bef- the the pre-big mike big she'll mike. get us ready give for it up that. for big mike everyone big mike big mike's in the house uh, but that's kind of what I saw today i'm going to start looking into this twin tower clip uh bethany do you want to you got any news you want to cover now, I was just looking at some articles about this lab-grown meat, and I just want to say it's interesting from, like, I kind of look at it from a different perspective as a vegan. Obviously, I don't like the factory farming and the, um, you know, the the horrible things that happen to some of these beautiful sentient beings. However, I will say this, you know, we're, we were talking about this the other day, Shep, about the plant-based diet and of course, well, yesterday about Soylent Green and we talk about that quite often. But, you know, when I read these articles, I don't look at it as a good thing and I'll tell you why. Because they, and we see how many animals they're just destroying, you know, with the, with, we've been seeing that, um, you know, for many different reasons they come up with, whatever the reason is of the day, but, and they're trying to, you know, affect the, the food chain and whatnot. But along with that, the bigger, the bigger picture is that they just want to destroy everything that's organic and recreate it with inorganic. That is how I've been seeing a lot of this stuff lately. So, um, I sent it to, uh, I sent it to you guys, the articles that I'm referring to, but it's just, Man, we are living in really, really crazy times. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but when you guys were little, like, did you ever imagine you'd be growing up in this kind of world? I mean, I just can't not imagine, really, like, but I was a child. I remember watching. We talked a little bit about like Demolition Man the other day and Running Man and all that. I remember watching those and thinking, like, well, do you think they nailed it on the year, or are they wrong? You know, and uh, that kind of shit went through my mind. What do you guys think about lab-grown meat? I mean, mm. this isn't just like, okay, vegan meat. Like, I, I mean, and I wonder how much they're mixing in with all this stuff, too. Because oh, we yeah. were talking yesterday about all these plant-based. I've never seen well, such an explosion. Bethany, remember the pink slime that they mix in with the real meat, right? So, you know, they got to mix in pink slime with the fake meat. But it's like probably like green slime or something. You know, I mean, they can never give you what you actually pay for 
they can never build a good product. I mean, no one could ever do that. Right. Like if it's like, you know, think of like a TV dinner and then there's like five different brands of TV dinners and they put them in boxes and that's what they serve us at the store. And that's all you get. But not one guy decided, well, you know, I'm going to have chef Ramsey cook up a TV dinner and we'll freeze it and we'll charge 20 bucks for it. Nope. Can't get that. They just figure out how they can put like human meat, uh, and fillers in these things to make them even far worse than they used to be when they first came out. Yeah. Well, that brings me back to the, um, I think we did discuss this on air about that meat company that won these, like this prize for, you know, like original meat, making it like taste like human being again like how do you know what human tastes like and why would you even introduce like the crazy thinking that's going on i i just i can't wrap my mind around some of this stuff it's it's just too much yeah absolutely i mean that's why uh the new world order does this too um essentially by them keeping uh all these things going on you know they're they're poisoning our body poisoning our systems calcifying our pineal gland uh, and then they're keeping us in constant distress and then they're even dividing the public and causing conflict and strange marketing programs where they got to market supposedly organic meat as um you know, as like, it tastes like human. I mean, then, then we're getting into like a weird territory, but like, what about how like rant was saying they can have people as, as art pieces. And that's how some of these like killers and stuff get away with like moving bodies around and trafficking them because they could have like a person could be like live art. And there's clauses that the Clintons wrote in and stuff like this, supposedly, According to Rant, we're going to open the call lines uh, 205-843-7437. It's Friday. Call in 205-843-7437. And any topic is good. Chupacabra, Dogman, all that shit. Mothman, Batboy, and anything else. And also, I mean, there's just so much going on with them poisoning every facet of our life we are going to go to shane shane my man what's up how are you doing what do you want to talk about man uh what you got we're talking about with the food food uh and kind of take it to another part was that uh, let me say it this way i was watching this this uh uh it was like a expose on a news channel that I, and i saw it on uh youtube so it was just a little clip of it but uh, they had figured out that uh, uh, Taco Bell, like more than half the meat was filler, okay, and whatever that filler may be. But the uh, the, the uh, reporter thought they had stumbled onto some major story, so they were staying outside these Taco Bells, saying, "What do you think about Taco Bell and and uh, their meat being more, you know over fifty percent filler?" And not a person complained. You know what I'm saying? They were like, yeah. And, and uh, it's like, you know that when you eat Taco Bell too, cause you can tell you're like, they're mixing this shit with something and fucking, oh, I wonder what it is. <laughs> but like, you're like, fuck it. It's like pretty good. You know, like I'll eat it. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, that was a little bit on the funny side, but the, you know, again, my point is, uh, I, people just aren't motivated to, uh, to, uh, uh, protest such a, such a, uh, uh, that is kind of outrageous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What do you think? What do you think? Actually are, what, what do you think causes that? Do you think it's just because Taco Bell has been around for a while and it's like an accepted thing and people kind of know fast food's bad for you, you know, so they just don't even care because they know people have ate it for eons. And, um, like, what do you think, you know, do you think that they don't want to believe that there's shit going on in there? Cause they found like human DNA and McDonald's and all that shit. I think uh, there's a lot of people, especially like in these uh, these news clips too. You know, there's there's always this extra little something off to the side. But whenever they put people on the news clips like that, and they and they they are blasé about about the subject matter like that, I look at it as being kind of like a a human troll in a way. You know, where 
where, uh, uh, you know, other people that would probably be not so much, uh, non-human, I guess if that's right. the right word, but, uh, you know, the, you'll watch these, these trolls, these, these nah, you know, types, you know, fellers good for you, you know, and, and there'll be people on the other side of the screen, you know, nodding their head. Yeah, it ain't that bad. You know, what is the matter with the filler, you know? And, and, uh, I look at it like, like that kind of thing that more of an acclimation type of, of, uh, I, I can't do the filler for, shit. You know, like, you know, even how Asian people, uh, typically eat their rice and stuff with the meat and that to me, it's like two, every time I've ate in like any kind of Asian dish or been at any of my Asian friends house when I was in high school or anything, it's like, they're serving me like too, too much rice. Like I'm, I would rather almost just eat the meat and a little bit of um, rice. And I, I, I was thinking about this the other day because I was just thinking like thoughts that were going through my mind is like the amount of waste because like um, if you go to like a Chinese buffet or, you know, something to that effect where they're giving you like some rice and stuff like that, or um, a, like a, a teriyaki bowl, of course they're not going to give you the right amount of meat ever. And you're going to always want more meat. And you're like, well, this place they, you know, it's just like not never enough. Um, but like, it's too much rice. And then you start thinking about like, okay, how much of this shit are people throwing away? Cause I'm like, I'll get, like I had to learn how to order certain things and even just tell them, even if I got to pay for it, like, look, I don't want all that. But basically, you know, on my average rice bowl, I'm throwing away like, half the rice or more, you know, like I can't eat all that shit. Like I'm not going to eat all that filler. And it makes you wonder like, you know, how much shit's been grown and just thrown and dumped because people think that's some kind of standard of how like a rice bowl should come or be made. You know, on your, uh, throwing that food way like that, I every morning I go to this, uh, they got this grocery store that's got, it's a, uh, it's got a little, uh, uh, a gas station attached to it, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, I'll get my gas and then download the computer for, for, uh, these tickets I got to get for work and stuff. And it's right there by this dumpster for the, for the store. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's about that same time as well as when the produce is coming out there to dump the produce for the day. Right. And this, this, uh, this dumpster is, is, uh, just beaming with, with all these fruits and fruits and vegetables and I can't imagine the, it, they it, it ain't rotten. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm looking at the, uh, the magpies, you know, they're, they're taking it in there. there. I've seen that before. I did electrical. This is a real story. Now. Um, I never told, said anything or told anyone. Cause I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Cause I realized this shit goes on, but I was in Phoenix and I was probably like 20 years old and I, I worked for this electrical contractor before I became a contractor. And we were doing a service call in a strip mall. You know, um, I don't know, some lights weren't working or something. And um, th- in this strip mall, there was a veterinarian next door. And then there was a Chinese restaurant. And the veterinarian had its own dumpster. And then the, there was a dumpster down at the end by the Chinese restaurant. And I went to go throw some of our construction shit away. And it looked to me like there was a skinned dog in the um, Chinese dumpster, right? So, like, guaranteed yeah. there's shit going on. Oh, my God. Like, hell no, you did not. Are you serious, Chef? Yeah, and I was just like, fuck oh it. I mean, I've seen some weird shit. Um, I, you know, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I didn't look long enough. See, part of that is like, I didn't really, cause it smelled. So I didn't really take long enough look, but I'm pretty sure like I know what I saw. You know what I mean? And that, and then I look over and there's that Chinese place and I'm like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I got a, uh, a friend of mine, he worked a garbage route and this is a little off subject, but kind of the same story a little bit. And a one of the, the, the guy had like a medium sized type of uh, a gar- garbage uh, company anyway, you know, and, and uh, was pretty much collecting garbage out of his, the back of his truck, you know, and, and just uh, once his truck would get fully go to the, the dump and, and uh, 
take care. You know, that was his garbage truck. Well, my friend was helping him out, right? One of his uh, contracts was with the Humane Society, and uh, they hop into the dumpster at the Humane Society, and they're putting the bags into to the uh, back of the truck. And uh, he, you know, they're they're all bagged up. He can't see them, but he can feel it. You know, these are dogs and cats and things like that, right? And uh, it was just dead quiet while they unloaded that uh, dumpster and stuff. And, and uh, his boss could, t- yeah, his boss could tell it was uh, bugging him a little bit. So, so uh, they get in the truck, and his boss goes, "All right, I got fifty bags. How many did you get?" He goes, "What?" Because <laughs> I count. He goes, "I put fifty bags back there. How many did you get?" He goes, "He goes. What do you mean?" He goes, "I get paid by the bag. You got. We got it. I got to tell him how many bags I picked up. How many did you grab?" He's like, I didn't count them bags. He goes, we got to get back there and count them bags so we can get paid. And he's like, no, fuck you. I'm not going back there. And then he starts, his boss started laughing. He goes, I can tell it was bugging you. He goes, I hate this part. He goes, I hate this client, but they pay good, you know. And and uh, like it says, <laughs> well, I thought it was a pretty good story. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. You, you know, Derek, too, man. But yeah, there, but just like you were saying, you're like, oh man, the shit you would see in a dumpster, and it's like, right? Holy crap! Well, man, no I wonder why they dump a body, and you know, I ended up working in a cryogenics company doing a service call too, and I didn't know until later, and I found this shit out. But I also tracked that company and know where it is. So like every now and then, when I was driving around in that city, I would like be driving outside this company. And I realized they had these like refrigerated body trucks that they bring because they cut people's heads off. Some clients pay to have their heads cut off at home right when they die. And some pay to just like go there. And so I was, I saw these trucks and I know it's for their operation and all this shit. And then I started thinking like, how many of these trucks from this fucking body operation get sold uh, later on and then become like the local ice cream truck, you know? And they're giving out the little ice cream bars. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know Yum. back to that dumpster mm. at the grocery store. I I thought about actually taking some of that food. You know, I know it ain't rotten. You know, I can tell uh, by looking at it. It's it's a uh, you know now whether yeah it's, no it's no no they do they do that I've heard that never never rot. They they <laughs> it's y- another story, but yeah no in Seattle they. Um, they they got like a heat wave and i read they threw out all this shit and but i mean they throw out like entire fucking dumpster loads of a store that's just all brand new shit and literally won't give it to one homeless guy or anything it's fucking amazing no kidding you know that i'm looking at like i said those magpies are they know they're smart bird man and they know right when they're getting ready to take that stuff out there and they let them do you know they let them dump their uh little they fill up these uh uh grocery carts with all the you know the, the pallets of this food or you have these uh produce things let them dump it in there and as soon as they go back in there here come the birds you know to to get there i'm like look at you know the magpies know how to do this fuck yeah that's for sure that's what you watch but, uh, like if you're yeah. in a survival situation my dad was a survival instructor yeah. in the air force like you can um use little tricks like you could uh, watch like what are birds eating off of trees like what berries do the birds eat because the other ones are poisonous. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's things you can, like, learn. That is a grand freaking idea. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that there, would, that there's the way to do all it. sorts sure. of shit you can just observe and then realize what's going on. Well, did Definitely you guys, serve either one of like you... Like I said, I... Did you, have either one of you guys heard of those dumpster divers? There's people that actually like go grocery shopping in the dumpsters just because of the reason you just explained. You could do that. There's I mean, especially like if you dumpsters. were if you were like totally homeless, you could figure it out and you could um, hit up the right restaurants and the right. Um, I hooked some dude up on Thanksgiving once when I was like 15. I worked at this restaurant. I was a dishwasher and. Um, he was like a street person and it was like Thanksgiving or something like that. And I fucking uh, said, hold on. And I went and asked the cook if we could hook him up. And we did, you know, and gave him a straight up like whole like turkey meal and shit. Oh, that's nice. Mm. Chef. That's a heartwarming story. <laughs> that's sweet. Yeah. We now, need to be kind of real each quick. Other. One more quick story. Yeah. I had a uh, I worked at this uh, 
a nursing home, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the ladies there w- lived way back, you know, in the in the Great Depression type days, right? In fact, she just got married at that point, and uh, her husband worked at a, a bread store or a bakery of what in uh, New York City, and this was right before the uh, Great Depression kicked off. Okay, and uh, it just so happened at this uh, bakery, the the it was ran by family. And the, the father husband of the of the family passed away, so the the wife was kind of counting on this guy's brother to uh, fill in the shoes for the for the uh, father, and it was a little more than he could take, and uh, so he reached out to his brother, and they decided, you know, he the the lady and and this guy, you know, the he, her husband was the brother of this of this fella, and and uh, they reach out to him, and and uh, this is before they even had interstate highways and stuff, right? So they they decided to take this trip to New York City to help help his you know her new her new brother-in-law and and they decided to make a a, a um like a honeymoon of it and uh, like I said on the way there within the week of showing up there that's when you know the Great Depression kicks in and stuff and and uh, as they're there he was what the the brother was a uh, driving the bread route you know we'd take the bread and, and uh, deliver they they bake it in the early mornings and then he had a route where they would deliver everything and uh, he would actually pick up the bread you know they they bring the new bread in and he would pick it up and then throw the old stuff away well they, there'd be a line of people waiting for him to come back with that uh with that truck for the bread that he's going to throw in the dumpster and they were they were going to take it you know because of uh you know every you know the like i said the de- the Great Depression just kicked in at that point. Right. And, uh, um, like you said, if people get, you know, they weren't homeless, but they were hungry and they figured out, hey, this this might be a good place to get some food. And, and uh, he said there was more people that would sh- show up at the dumpster at the end of the day than would come into the store to buy the fresh stuff at the at the start of the day. Wow. Yeah. You know, and in a lot of states, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry to cut you off. Shane, I'm going to go to Don in Cincinnati, but um, a lot of states, it's illegal to feed the homeless. Don in Cincinnati, you're on the air. Thanks for the call, Shane. Uh, What do you want to talk about today? Uh, We'll stay on the subject. How are you guys doing? Good, man. I've been doing great. You know, just trying to get the network all set up and scheduled in, and we got to get some... uh, network liners going and some other stuff but uh yeah like just busy with all that yep i'm spreading the word here buddy in ohio kentucky and thank indiana you. thank so you I'm, I'm doing it yeah no problem uh, my friend i guess is a professional dumpster diver if we're calling it that um he gets shit from the general dollar the family dollar do they have these stores where you guys are at Oh yeah. Yeah. They, uh, not where I'm at now, but where I used to live, they had them. So I know what you're talking about. Yeah. What blows my mind is I don't understand why the people that work at the stores don't go back and get it when they get off. Well, they're told they're, they're told they'll get fired and stuff like that. And, and it's all crazy. I'm sure some of them do, but all in all people get all scared. I've, um, I've talked to people about that before and stuff. Um, their boss scares them and all this shit. And then they think it's this thing. It's like, you know, when you work at a restaurant, you, at the end of the day, they're told they got to throw away the shit and they will literally fucking throw it away and they literally won't fucking take it home. But sometimes you'll see them doing that shit. Well, I worked at Speedway 30 years ago, right? On the midnight shift. And uh, they were such bastards back then that at midnight, you had to clear the grill off, right? And so all of the homeless people in the area knows this, right? So it's like, it's cool. Come on in, guys. Just, we'll give it to you right off the grill, right? Well, they got caught, they caught wind of it, of course. And I swear to you, these bastards made us go throw it away. And then, um, you know, let them have to go in to get it after they found out about that. And I don't know how, yeah, how, how ridiculous, right? I mean, you, it's just so fucking bizarre. I mean, people know if food's good or not. 
they'll i mean okay so say a fucking homeless person gets sick fucking eating something that you know maybe was borderline well then i guess he learns his fucking lesson and next time he'll check it a little better i mean why not just give the fucking food out that that shit drives me nuts because that would be too much freedom for people we yeah. have to keep people enslaved and right. under our control remember i mean that would give too much freedom to people it's crazy. To make their own choices and decisions. That's terrible. And they make these laws. Don, I'm going to go to another caller. We got a caller in Texas. What's your name? What do you want to talk about? Hey, uh, it's uh, actually Aaron's brother, Brian. Hey, hey, hey uh, what's up, man? Let's talk about uh, some paranormal stuff. What's up? Oh, not much. What's you know, up, just uh, doing all this. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Good to be on the show. Yeah, man. Uh, paranormal is that, uh, is a good topic for today. You know, do you have a, a paranormal story of your own? Yeah, you know, uh, I was actually listening to one of your um, first few shows of the season. Right. And, uh, Aaron had mentioned something about a closing or flying to our apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that apartment is really weird. Um, a lot of of stuff happens. Uh, him and I were talking earlier about how, like, when we wake up, sometimes we'd be, like, all scratched up. Uh, and, you know, uh, it was kind of a weird Ooh, situation. Bethany has stories um, that are, are kind of similar. But tell us uh, tell us more. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we had a lot of weird things. You know, we'd always hear uh, doors and stuff open and close sometimes. You know, scratches, clothes hanger. Uh, no one would be there. My mom would be, you know passed out or something like that and it would be me and my brother so it was it was weird did did you and, guys uh, uh did I you bring up, did you feel like it was a good ghost or a bad ghost did it scare you did it like trip you out were you like you know uh, like what was your thoughts on it you know being young uh and not really understanding i think you know it makes it kind of scary uh and at that time it made it kind of hard to kind of fill it out you know what i'm saying um Maybe it was, you know, multiple types of things, you know, something, you know, a prankster, you know, with the, with the clothes hanger type thing, but also, you know, something kind of, uh, bad whenever you wake up, you know, covered in scratches all over your body from your head to your toe, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't like deep scratches, but it was something that wasn't, you know, done by your fingers because, you know, for me, I've always chewed my fingers, so there's no way I can scratch myself. Wow! We have the, now we that, have the that's shortest scary. nails in the business. <laughs> we have the shortest nails in the business. Me and Brian do. I promise you, we weren't scratching ourselves. No, see that? Yeah, that's a pretty common occurrence. That happens. To, that's not unheard of. That happens a lot, guys. So you're not alone, and it's real. Yeah. Like, well, and Bethany, you have kind of like some similar stories, like where you've then you know where you think you might have felt something physical, maybe to some extent. Oh, definitely. I used to call them the Nephilim dreams. And um, yeah, I mean, just, you know, that sleep paralysis type um, scenario that you hear people talk about and like an incubus. um, I'm scared of being paralyzed like that. Yeah, it's it's a really I mean, Trish has stories too, Shep, and these are things that really happen. But I, I would like to hear more about what Brian has to say too, and Aaron, your you know, your experience with what, you know, I know you brought it up the other day too, but like Shep had just asked you, like, did you feel it was like a dark presence, like looking back now, or like, you know? For me, it was real hard to determine what exactly was going on because we we were younger and Brian's just uh, just a couple years older than me. And, and we were talking about this before the show. Uh, he heard me talking about the close anger thing. And he's like, do you remember the scratches? And I was like, holy shit, I've completely forgot about that. And that's, that's like another layer to that story. What was going on in that apartment? It was, it was very supernatural. And, uh, Brian, what else you got to add to that, sir? Uh, and I also want to talk about, you know, um, it's crazy how, you know, things happen uh, in certain ways. Uh, I was deployed to, to Iraq for 15 months and uh, we came back. It was a really rough deployment. And we had uh, one of our certain first classes that had committed suicide on Fort Hood. Um, and like maybe about eight years later, uh, I had moved back from Germany and got, sta- and got stationed at Fort Hood. And uh, my son, um, had developed like this imaginary friend 
and we thought his name was Brian. We we're like, you know, that's cool. And then uh, one day, my wife heard like a no voice inside the house, and she thought I was home. And uh, came down and saw my son interacting with something that wasn't there. Um, he always talked about how this this Brian character lived in his closet. So you know, we thought you know he was four years old at the time, so it was just an imaginary friend. Right. Uh, and then things started getting really weird around the house. Uh, and, uh, a lot of, you know, like, it felt like a really dark presence in the house. Uh, and so my, my wife, uh, she worked on post and she started asking some of the people around, um, started doing some, you know, digging into the files that she had access to and found out that, uh, the sergeant first class that I had been deployed with actually lived just a few houses down from me, um, you know, a few years before we had moved there, and he had committed suicide. Oh shit! In that house. Wow. And his his first name was Brian, um, and so oh. uh, I didn't I, I didn't really recognize the last name, uh, but you know I started doing some research and I went on Facebook. I mean everyone's got Facebook, right? I searched his name and. Uh, I saw that we had a friend in common. And so I messaged him and I was like, hey man, how do you know this guy? And he's like, you know, you know, we were deployed and everything together. And I was like, no shit. And he's like, yeah, he committed suicide. And, and you know, it was, it was a really weird experience, you know, um, in the house, like I said, you know, my son said he lived in the, in the closet, you know, they played and interacted, but there was something really, you know, really dark inside the house. And so uh, I started talking to my neighbor and he's like, it's crazy because the people prior to you had said the same thing. And like the longer they lived there, the worse they got. Um, so he called them and they came over and we, you know, met the family and they told us how the, uh, their child actually started getting really sick. It was just like, he was always drained and everything like that. And he had all these, you know, issues going on. And as soon as they moved out of the house, they started getting better. Uh, wow. So it's like it might have even have been affecting was, the health of, of someone living. That's amazing. I, I believe that, yeah. though. But the, and the really weird thing was, is like, this lady, like, she seemed kind of off. Uh, and um, when she, but when she left, it felt like that presence, that, that dark presence that was there, was just like left. So it's like maybe it like attached to her when she left the house, but it, it was like everything felt better inside the house. Yes, there's you know an, an occurrence every now and then with this Brian guy, but I felt like he was it was a good presence versus the negative presence that was there before. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I still, just, I still get goosebumps just hearing him tell. He's told yeah. me this story before, and I've I don't know how many times I had goosebumps during that brian i guess still get him uh you showed me the pictures of this guy before too and just to know that that presence that is there and uh of course i know you and and your son and everything and just just to know that like something like that exists is is mind-boggling to me and the the coincidences or the synchronicities to that is out of this world to me yeah, uh, like I said, you know, it was, it, it all started off as a, a friendly, you know, imaginary friend into this. And like I said, you know, being in the service, it's a small world. And then, you know, having a, a fellow brother, you know, right down the street, you know, in his life. And like that's, I said, you know, it's, it's weird rough. how, you know, years apart and, you know, you're right in that same area. Right. Without ever knowing Damn. Yeah, it is. Well, th- story. And thank you for your service, by the way. And also thank you for supporting the show. I really appreciate that. Um, so, you know, and I was hoping other callers would call in now that you mentioned paranormal too. Um, remember the phone lines are open too. If, if you guys want to jump in on this or, or talk about it because it's, you know, there's these ghost shows, ghost hunters, all this stuff, but I've seen ghosts with my own eyes, um, I told the story on air, uh, I was probably four, probably not even five years old. 
I would say I was like nearly five years old, um, probably four ish. And, uh, it was pretty traumatizing, you know, and I know what I was seeing. Um, so I, I think that they're definitely real. And it makes you wonder how many of these kids that have imaginary friends, quote unquote, are really interacting with extra, you know, terrestrials or extra, you know, extra beings from extra dimensions or different dimensions. Right. Oh, for sure. Be, and, and that exactly. I also saw this dog that um, I kind of talked about this before one time, but this dog, it acted so human. Um me and my friends would talk about it all the time. And one day we were just sitting there. We were sitting on the couch in the, in the living room and this dog was there and this purple ball. I shit you not. And we all saw this. I saw everyone's eyes look at it. We all talked about it later and we were like, what did you see? You know, and all this shit. And it's a thing. And I've talked with them about it recently. Um, but this purple orb came up out of this dog, floated down the hall and turned into a bedroom. And then this dog did not act like, like it usually did after that. It was just a different dog. So really bizarre. Wow, Shep. I've never heard that story from you before. That's something. Yeah, it's crazy. We're going to go to Chris. Uh, we're going to leave, um, Brian on here. We're going to go to Chris and he wants to call about paranormal. Chris from New Jersey. What's up? You mean Trish? Oh, Trish. I thought it, it Trish. said Trish. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Glad you called. Uh, I heard Chris and I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> How you been? Hi. Well, you know, I had to call about this subject. <laughs> yeah, for sure. What are you thinking about right now? Like after hearing that story? Well, you guys, well, you were talking about like physically feeling them and, and I've had lots of situations where like I physically, I've, you know, like a lot of times demons will mess with you, um, physically and they, they, they like to put you in that sleep paralysis state because when you're in that state, like right before you fall asleep, um, that I, I guess they call it the hypnagogic state. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the, that when you're in sleep paralysis, you're in that state also. So but like, like the most recent experience I had not too long, a couple of weeks ago, I, I fell asleep with my arm like over my head, like behind my head. And I was like, you know, trying to fall asleep. And I was like getting it to, to that point where I was just falling asleep. And then all of a sudden I felt something grab my hand. And I remember thinking, is that a cat? Please be a cat. <laughs> and and then, then he squeezed my hand and I realized at that point it wasn't a cat. And then, of course, when I went to try to grab, pull my arm back out of his clutches, I was in sleep paralysis and I couldn't. And, and so I had to break the paralysis, you know, to get away from them. And they do stuff like that, like off, like holding my hand is a thing that I don't know if it's one demon that does it all the time, but it's the thing that I've had done to me several times. And I'm like, just falling asleep. I feel somebody all of a sudden grab my hand and like hold it. Oh, that's creepy. That's creepy. Yeah, like yeah, I, that would freak me out. Get into bed too. What's that? That would freak me out because uh, especially like right when you're in that state of like you're falling asleep or had, or you just fell asleep, and then and then if that happened, I mean that's like, and then do you ever, when that happens, do you know it's physical, like for sure? Yeah, well, I feel it. Like, I mean, it literally felt like there was a, a man standing behind me holding my hand. Like, I could definitely feel it. Because other times, like, sometimes, and it's just one demon in particular that's been harassing me for a while, he'll climb into bed, and I'll think, I'll think it's a cat. Like, I'm awake enough to where I'm thinking, like, is that a cat? You know, like, I'll feel the bed move, you know? Yeah. And I'll be thinking in my head, is that a cat? And then all of a sudden, I'll feel like a hand on my thigh or something. Oh, and, wow. And I have to quickly, the only way to get get away from, like, I always order them out of my space, and I always tell them I do not consent to the harassment. You always have to, because they try to trick you into consenting. They're very sneaky. And if you don't do anything, if you freeze in fear, to them, you're giving them consent to mess with you. So if anybody experiences this, always, always, first thing out of your mouth, state you do not consent you know, to, to whatever they're trying to do. And, um, and if you're in sleep paralysis, it's a mind trick. 
you can break it. And once you break it, they're gone. So, you know, it's hard. Sometimes it's really hard. It's like pushing a boulder to break through it, but you can break it. Just keep trying and you will. Wow. Um, Sometimes. That is one of the tricks. Yeah, no, I'm into that because I got paralyzed once and um, it was like so bizarre in that feeling. It was like I was embedded in a block of ice and I was screaming, but I couldn't. Do you, do you yeah. think sometimes... Remember that Twilight Zone? Which one, Sorry, Trish? sorry, Anne. There oh, was a you're, Twilight you're Zone where, where somebody, they thought he was dead, but he was really alive, but he couldn't move. And that was like, out of all the Twilight Zones, that creeped me out the most. And then when, when I first experienced sleep paralysis, it was like, oh my God, it's the Twilight Zone. Because that's what it was like. Like, you're, you're awake, but you can't move, you know? I used to love that show. Aaron Cole. (laughs) Um, I was just going to say, sometimes do, do you think that uh, just all around question here? Do you, do you think sometimes we put these labels on stuff with uh, like sleep paralysis and kind of more Western terms on something that could be like an older issue? Like uh, Brian might've heard about stuff like this uh, since he's been in the sand a little bit, like the gin, maybe, maybe gin are actually, you know, all around the world, it's like an all around phenomenon where they can maybe put this, put like some kind of a spell on you. Hey, and, y'all see the wish master like certain conditions happen. Y'all see the wish master where he fucking, uh, the exactly. demon fucking twists around the guy's like, go fuck yourself. And he's like, Whoa, and makes the dude like twist around on himself. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering, Brian, did you ever hear anything like that in the sand? No, I have, I've never really known or experienced any of that stuff. Oh, okay, okay. I was well, just wondering because, like, gin uh, and demon are, are are one and the same, but and, and other people think that you know they're two different entities. Is that in Islam or is that from India? I can't remember. I think it's where we get the word um, genie from, genie. actually, but. I was just there was just something on thing on yeah. ancient aliens about this the other night I was watching. What did you? Uh, ancient... What do you think? I mean, are these connected to those genies? Because like the, these genies are fascinating because there you know there's I dream a genie there's genies like you rub a lamp but like where does this story come from? Like was that really going on? Like what's the deal? It it seems well, to me yeah, that. I mean... It's all kind of re- revolved around the same thing, right, Trish? Like it's like we in the West we call it a genie, but it's like a jinn. But I don't think it revolves re- necessarily around religion. I think it's more of like a traditional thing, like how Native Americans have like their own kind of like god structure or something like that. But then it just ties into just like a greater picture in a way. It's not really necessarily like one people believe in it, but it's just like this phenomenon that they see. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. Anything? Well, some people say, people that have studied Jin say that they used to walk the earth and they're angry at us. And they're now, they're, they were banished outside of this dimension, outside of our dimension. But they're, you know, they're kind of angry about it. So that's one of the reasons they harass humans. That's one of the, the theories I've heard. But, you know, other people will say Jin and demons are one and the same. I mean, there's a lot of similarities, like, a lot of times, if you have a gin bothering you, you'll see, like, they say, a black smoke. And when demons bother you, you see, like, this big black cloud. So are they the same? You know, it's it's kind of hard to tell. Hmm. But they're both negative entities from what I understand. Like, I've heard that a lot. I don't know lot. where the whole positive being came. I heard that a lot, Trish, that, like, people will see a big black mass and... And they'll, you know, it, it just won't really have definition, but there's just something big and black right there. And when, like, they're having a demonic experience. Yeah, it's like the black is black. Whenever I, you know, if I'm out of body and I get harassed and, like, like jump back into my body, I'll always see that black mass, like, hovering over me. And it's, like, it's blacker than any black that I've ever seen. I can't see through it, you know. But you can all, you know, you can order it out of your space just, just like you can in any other type of harassment. But 
I don't know why that's how they appear, but when you're in your physical body, that, that seems to be like a common way that they appear. Hmm. Crazy. Yeah, that's yeah, that gets into the whole shadow people stuff, the whole topic of shadow people, which is interesting. I was watching that on, I think it was Ancient Aliens the other night. And it was all about shadow people. And, you know, people have these experiences worldwide. And, you know, these experiences have been in the in the books, you know, been in uh, throughout history, you know, before the Internet, before you could get like before, you know, I knew anything about sleep paralysis and all that. I mean, I was experiencing it before the Internet, all that. And, you know, before Al Gore, you know, created ah. the Internet, of course. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it just it's, you know, because some people say, oh, well, it, you know, got implanted in your mind. You heard somebody else talking about it. No, this is like beforehand. And this this goes way back to ancient times. This is all on, you know, Th that's uh, you why know, I think there's something to these stories. Like when you hear like a genie story, I don't think it's just made up. Like it comes from somewhere. Yeah, Absolutely. well, these entities are real. I mean, there's there's dimensions outside of this dimension. I mean, you know, our, like I said on your your show that time, there, our perceptions been so limited in these bodies. There's mm -hmm. all sorts of entities, good right. and bad. Well, you know, you, and, and shadow people do, might be just because they're outside of this dimension. When they come into this dimension, maybe they appear as a shadow. Or there could be people that are remote viewing might appear as shadow people when they're remote viewing an area. Like there's lots of different theories about that. Well, like Brian was saying earlier, there's, you know, certain things happen in certain houses and stuff too. Did, I mean, I wonder if that, I wonder how long these things stick with the house or what makes them stick with the house or, or why that uh, happens. Do you, uh, maybe Brian wants to comment, but, uh, Trish, I like, I want to hear your take on that as well. Like, you know, um, w why do you think a demon would linger around or a spirit? Well, there's sometimes demons are attached. Like in my case, it's attached to my lineage and my family has, there's some dark, you know, I have Freemason in my family and stuff. And and I believe this one's attached to my lineage. So he kind of acts like he ha has this right to harass me. And I recognize him. It's been an ongoing thing that I've been dealing with. But other times, there's portals. Portals get open in houses from people just being irresponsible with Ouija boards. And, you know, you can open up. If you invite them in, they're going to come. And you don't know what's going to come in when you open that door. And I can't tell you how many paranormal investigations I've seen that when they start investigating, they find out somewhere along the line somebody was messing around with a Ouija board. Well, that's kind of so ritual. creepy. Like, if you think about it, if there's, like, links to that, like, forensic links, like, oh, well, when this happened, you know, we know they were using the Ouija board. I think those things are crazy. Uh, we played around a little bit with them when we were a kid, and I think they were really moving because like I was with uh, people that I don't think were playing tricks on me because like we were like, no, for real, for real, don't fuck with this, you know, and it, it would move. It's it's really weird. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely, I don't know why they're considered a toy because it's not a toy and I, I really don't think people should mess around with them myself. I yeah, they got to yeah, sell that Hasbro what or whatever. <laughs> they got to get Milton those, Bradley. Uh, yeah, Milton they, Bradley. They promoted to kids. Uh, <laughs> Milton Bradley, Milton Bradley. I think, is the company. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. I have one in my closet. I, I have one in my closet right now. I've messed around with it once in my house uh, right after we bought it. One of the worst ideas I've ever had. Like I said, nothing too, too crazy is happening around here, but I just I just did it once. I've, I've done it with some friends before, and I've heard a... Uh, it wasn't windy outside or anything like that, and they had a screen door that would usually latch. Maybe every once in a while it wouldn't latch that well. It was an older house, but it would. It when we messed with it this one time, it started slamming like there was somebody just like holding down the handle and just like pushing the sh the, sh oh, the wow. shit out of it. Oh wow! No way! Like the, whack, 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 or something like. Yeah, yeah. It did it for about like 15 yeah, so seconds and we, it stopped. Damn. Go ahead, Brown. That used to play. We had an uncle that used to play with the Ouija board and, you know, be into, like, witchcraft and things like that. And uh, I remember sometimes we'd be sitting there and, like, the doors would just start um, 
climbing and stuff like that. And there was uh, one time where there was no wind or nothing. And like all of a sudden, like, he, he used to tell me that he could control them, uh, these things. And like, I remember one time when I got into an argument and uh, something something hit the trailer house and it just shook. And it was crazy. Like it, it sounded like a truck had hit the house. Oh, really? So it was uh, like a physical thing for sure. Like you felt it, like the rumble. Yeah, like the whole house shook. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it takes a lot of energy for them to do stuff like that, but they can do it. I forgot about that, Brian, to be honest with you. There's some stuff we can dive into, like the, what's that called? The greenhouse or something like that? Maybe next Friday we can talk about that. Back in out in Carbon. Yeah, I forgot about that story and the, what they would tell us in the pool and stuff. Shit, I've missed so much stuff, Shep and Bethany. Oh, wow, That's, that sounds crazy. We, yeah, we'll have to talk about that sometime. Well, we're yeah, getting close yeah, to the, toward the right end of the show. Um, Trish, anything else you, you want to uh, mention? Or And Brian, uh, we got a couple minutes. No, I'm, I, you know, I don't know if you have any questions about anything. Well, I mean, well, taking the physical march too, which is a thing that some people mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. That's what Brian was just talking about <clears throat> the the scratches, right? Yeah, I mean, that's what trips me out the most. Yeah. Like, how do these things get the energy to um, actually like scratch you like that? You know, like what what do you well, think that what do you think is the process behind that, Trish? Like, like do they atomize or is it like an energy that's disturbing like how do you think that all works you know i'm not i had it done to me one time so i can tell you what it feels like it's it's weird because when the demon scratches you unlike like if you know if one of my cats scratches me it's the nail against my skin you know but when a demon scratches you it's like it comes from the inside out and it just starts to appear like on like for me it was on my calf and i was just like sitting at my table and this was during a period where I was getting harassed a lot, and I felt my, it feels like a burn. Like, all I could feel was this really bad burning sensation on my leg, and I was like, what, yeah, what's going on? When I looked down, I could see the scratches starting to form, and there's three, usually, I don't know why it was three, but it was three long, and I knew a cat didn't do it. Like, I felt it when it started to happen, and then I watched it, like, appear onto my leg, but they come from the inside out, which is really weird. Wow, that makes sense. That makes sense and makes it even scarier. Well, we're at the end of the show. Thanks for the call, Brian. That was great talking with you. Thanks for calling, Trish. We're trying to get the network more squared away. I'm working on scheduling. Tell everyone about Ambella's Talk Network, ATN.live. Get that out there. Share it on the social media because we need to get the live streams up and going with more and more listeners every single day, every single week. We're adding shows to the lineup, Berserker Survival, uh, where uh, Rantcast was talking about. He's talking to New York Patriot. So I'm excited about that. And uh, the Cole Report, we're thinking about adding a coast-to-coast type show at late night. And there's now some music hours as well. So um, we'll keep you posted. I'll see you later. Happy Friday, everyone. Um, I might go on Clubhouse later. Talk to you later. Have a good weekend. ATN. Follow follow my social media, my Facebook and Twitter. Um, Tweet out the station, ATN. Facebook it out, all that, the URL. And go on Apple Podcasts right now um, and give us a five-star review. Do it. Bye. Shepard Ambellis Beat.